from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, where sports meets life here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Once again, here with you, MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT is where you're listening, and you can listen on WakeUpCallDT.com's homepage where the MixLR feed is embedded. You can also go to the app MixLR. It's all you have to type in to your Apple Store or Google Play Store is MixLR, which stands for Mix Live Radio. You go in there and click on and, and type in MixLR. You download it for free and search Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. You can get us there as well. Facebook, Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT is where you're watching and listening every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, as well as on MixLR. You can search Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora to get our archive of over 1,300 shows, actually over 1,400 shows now, on Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Spotify, MixLR, YouTube, iTunes Podcast, the RSS feed, and so much more. We want to thank our partners in Central and Upstate New York, Carvel DeWitt, our longest-standing partner in year number 11, Charney's Menswear and Tuxedos, our studio partner exclusively on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. The Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, where we have our West Genesee monthly shows exclusively, as well as our exclusive fantasy football. And we have our Syracuse pre- and post-game for football. Ma and Pa's Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory bringing you what's popping in the best snacks in town on 201 Old 7th North Street in Liverpool, Canine Camp Dog Day Care and Canine Campground Dog Boarding for short and long-term care for your furry-loving friends in East Syracuse, helping out the community. No matter where you live, you can always bring your dogs over to Canine Camp Dog Day Care and Canine Campground. Trapper's Pizza Pub with our events with Brian and Stratton, as well as our upcoming events with East Syracuse Manoa, which will be starting off here in January. Start off the new year right in 2020 with something new at Trappers with ESM Athletics. Very, very excited about that on 5950 Butternut Butternut Drive pardon me, in East Syracuse, Honda City of Liverpool, where I get all my cars, including my car that treated me so very well on my trip down to Scranton, my Honda CRV, my 2019 Honda CRV. And I got the bells and whistles in this one this time, and it's a pretty looking thing, and I like the seats. I like the heated seats. Now that I've been treated like a diva, and Enrico and I will discuss the diva, both the back and forth, you know, now I've been treated like it, I'm I think I'm going to have to keep it. Dominic's Restaurant Trivia every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 1370 Burnett Ave in Syracuse. And Borio's Restaurant Trivia every Thursday at 7 p.m. 8891 McDonald's Parkway in Cicero, New York. And, of course, to Body Armor, which helps to fuel the show. So, with all of that being said and all the pleasantries taken care of, Enrico Mastriani joins us for day for, for another opportunity here, day one of this week that we have here in January, on Monday, January 13th. It is a game day, so we're excited that not only does he give us time, but he did it here this morning, as I know he's got a lot going on. We got to be with one another at the game this past weekend. I got to do MU courtside again, and we got to have a nice breakfast yesterday morning and break some bread with each other as Italians do. So, with that being said, Enrico, how are we doing today? I'm doing well, Dan. Thank you. How are you doing? 
I'm doing very well. And, and, and Enrico, I want to bring up the fact that when you did an interview a few weeks back and you said, you know, I got a meeting, something important going on, so I want to talk to you. And then, you know, I, I'm going to I'm gonna be sitting in the parking lot for my meeting. And I said, all right, I didn't know that you had diva status. Well, you threw it back at me this time around when I was sitting at the MU courtside table and you looked at me right before the game started and you said, oh, I guess we don't say hello. I guess I guess that's you call me a diva on your show and then you don't say hello. So I got up and gave you a hug right before it. So, you know, the, the diva's gone back and forth now. Who is a bigger diva between you and I? I, you know, I don't claim to be one. So I, I gotta say, I, I'm only saying that because you called it. You gave me that name, uh, but no, I, I would say uh, we probably both have a little bit of diva in the stand. You know? uh, okay, all right, that's okay. I can roll with that. I can live. I can I, live in that. I like the heated seats too in the car, so I'm definitely with you on that. See, you know what I'm talking about now. I get the, once you go heated seats, you can't go back, brother. It's I mean, hard to go back. That's for sure. Yeah. That's what they told me. They said once you get all the bells and whistles, you're not going to want to go back, and I don't. So. I'm enjoying it this morning, having some fun. I, I know that you didn't get the, the outcome that you wanted of falling 74-61 to 61 in the game over the weekend against Gwen and Mercy. Gwen and Mercy came in 9-4, and four, number one team there in the Atlantic East. Your team came in 5-8, and eight, and this would have been a big-time quality win for the program and for this season. And you had them on the ropes. You had them at halftime, 30-29. to 29. And I had said that on courtside. I said, listen... All Marywood has to do is lead them at halftime to have some momentum. I don't care if it's by one, and it was exactly that. But then in the second half, you sparred back and forth, and it was that you know matchup like I was talking to you about where two boxers lean on each other and try to land a couple hits, but they're just kind of leaning into each other. And then eventually somebody laid a big hit and ended up going Gwen and Mercy's way, and, and there was you know a make inside and a quick steal and a make, and then a two-point lead for Gwen and Mercy turned into nine points just – what you see now, hindsight being twenty twenty, coming off that game. Well, I think uh, you know what I've seen throughout the year is just uh, growth and maturity. I mean, we we still aren't quite uh, where we hope to be at this point. Um, you know, we, we've had a long talk about that after the game on Saturday and yesterday, and uh, preparing for this game tonight. Just kind of refocusing, watching some film, talking about you know if we're going to stop this from happening to us consistently where, you know, late in games, we make critical errors, mental mistakes, you know, fatigue is part of that. And, and, uh, you know, we, we, uh, our rotation is a little bit disturbed right now with some injuries, you know, but there's really no excuse. I mean, it's the guys that we have rolling out there have to be ready and have to be prepared to execute the game plan. And we did that. I thought for, you know, 32 minutes of the game, maybe 33 minutes of the game. And then the final seven or eight minutes, we just didn't do it. We didn't execute it. And uh, it ended up being our downfall. For you to, to look at this game, I know it was a tough one after to, you know, take a look back to. But when you did, what were some of the biggest takeaways? I know you're going off, like, like you said, the team's been growing. You've, you've seen some improvements. But what was the initial thing? When when all when when all kind of came done here and the zeros ran across the clock, what's been going over your mind? Hindsight twenty twenty. Um, I think mainly I'm I'm hoping for some guys to step up in leadership. I, I'm still kind of you know 
hopeful that some of our underclassmen or our junior class, some of those guys are going to kind of step up and take the reins. And, you know, the realization that it's more than just scoring. You know, you have to do everything when you play play this game as a team. To win as a team, we need to do everything. And, and everybody needs to contribute to that. And whether you're on the court for one minute or for 25 minutes or, you know, 38 minutes, it doesn't matter. It's just you got to do whatever you can in that moment to contribute to a win. And I think we've had moments this year where guys have been, you know, superb on offense. Um, other guys have been superb on defense, but we haven't really been able to put it all together where everybody's great at one time. And that's that consistency is, is what we're still searching for. And speaking here with Enrico Mastriani, the Marywood men's basketball head coach, coming off of a weekend where I got to return down there to uh, to do the games, to call the games for the team, and, and to see them go up against Gwen and Mercy. You said you're still looking for You've had some good offensive moments. You've had some good defensive moments. But to put it all together, what's the disconnect? Can you put your finger on it when moments like that happen where – you know, you have you have the offense working or you have the defense working, but you don't have them both working together consistently. As a head coach overseeing it all, can you pinpoint anything? Well, you know, it's hard. Uh, it's hard to say, I, and I, I don't want to. I want. I don't want to sound like I'm I'm tearing our guys apart, but I think, you know, it, there comes a point in time in the season where teams need to hold each other accountable. Players need to hold each other accountable. Uh, during that stretch when we won five or seven games, I thought we had kind of overcome those those demons, if you will, where guys weren't afraid to get after each other and tell somebody when they did something wrong. And and then we got on a stretch of wins, and some guys had some individual accolades, and you know we started to celebrate some success. And it seems like those those moments kind of fell by the wayside. Now, um, you know, when you're winning, a lot of things get get hidden or covered up. Yeah. When you're losing, everything gets exposed. And so when things start to get exposed or unraveled, you know, you hope that the players within the team will approach each other, hold each other accountable, express their, you know, their sentiments. Because if we're worried about being friends with each other, we're probably not going to win a lot of games. Um, and I, I think that goes for anything. In families, you know, you got to hold each other accountable. You have to tell each other the truth. And, Sometimes the truth hurts, but it's what you need to hear. So uh, I'm, I'm just trying to get these guys to, to arrive at that point where they're comfortable uh, commanding and, and demanding the best of each other. And when you have that, you know, finding, finding that ability to be able to do that. I mean, it, criticism is something that's hard for a lot of people to take in. There's constructive and there's destructive. But in general, some people, you know, struggle with, with just being able to handle criticism how do you, when you say that, you know, the team had been holding each other accountable, you thought you were past some things, and now maybe they have to do it again or they have to do it more consistently. As a head coach, how do you have that heart-to-heart conversation of, hey, you know, you guys got to be able to be honest with each other. Families are honest. You want to see the best out of each other. How do you have that conversation in a touchy situation where, you know, it's never easy for somebody to hear that they did something wrong in any walk of life? So how do you... How do you administer something like that? Well, it gets harder and harder over the years. I mean, I think, you know, coaching has changed incredibly in the last 15, 20 years. And, I mean, I've been doing this 15 years now, and it, it seems like it's getting harder and harder to really uh, direct criticism at, at any one individual. Uh, people take things personally a little bit more, and you kind of have to educate more than criticize. And so we try to find teachable moments in practice. We try to 
you know, um, I, I try my best and our staff does to read emotions and read expressions. Uh, you know, you could tell when, when a certain guy sees something and he gets disappointed with his teammate, but he holds back from telling him about it. And so we'll try to stop practice. We'll, we'll call out the situation in the moment and I'll say, Hey, so-and-so did you, what did you think he should have done differently? You know, and he'll tell me exactly what I knew he wanted to say. And I'll say, well, why didn't you just tell him that, you know, look at your teammate. Can you tell him that? And I'll ask them to actually say it and verbalize it because, you know, you have to get comfortable saying it and the teammate has to get comfortable hearing it. And, um, you know, I guess our job as coaches is to try to facilitate that, that dialogue as much as we can. That coming from Enrico Mastriani, Marywood men's basketball head coach this morning. Enrico, I want to, I, I definitely want to jump off the court for a second here. I've had the opportunity to be around your wife, Jamie, and over the last couple of years, more so at, you know, at, at different events and whatnot, or at a game. And I, I got to be around, you know, Jamie yesterday in the morning. And, and I said to, I, I said, I said to my significant other when we were, when we were walking out, I said, you know, Jamie to me, you know, is, is, is a boss, right? You know, she has, she has that feeling. I, I said, I, I said, I'm trying to remember my exact word, but I, I, I kind of said, you know, that, that, you know, along the lines of, you know, she's a lion. You can, you can feel it. And so we were talking about other stuff and she looked at me and she said, she said, why did you say that? What makes you say that about Jamie? I said, well, I said, number one, she works at home. So she has discipline. And number two, the job that she does, you know, asks a lot of her and her ability to multitask and be on different ends of the spectrum. And she raises three kids. And on top of all of that, it's hard to be a coach's wife because you work so much and you're always recruiting, you're, you're always coaching, you're always doing something. It's a it's a 365 job that, that people don't always understand. So I'm going to ask you to do this right now to the best of your ability to, to, to talk a little bit about Jamie because behind every head coach... You know, people always say behind every head coach, and I always say next to because you can't do this thing without a good partnership. But speak about your, the lioness of of the Amastriani household because she's she brings a lot to the table, and you definitely could tell you know how well she she multitasks and everything that she does. So I just want to shout her out because I don't I don't think moms moms don't get enough time to eat, and and I and I want to give her an opportunity to to have a meal here this morning because she does a lot, and and I know that there's a lot of great women and great men that are connected to people that are always out in the public. And this person may, you know, be up on a bleacher somewhere, but they do so very much. Yeah. I mean, obviously none of this works without her. Um, you know, and I think like you said, it is understated. People don't really understand, uh, the role of a coach's wife unless they are in that role. And, um, you know, what she does when I'm not around is, is like, it's incredible. It's amazing that it actually takes place. Uh, sometimes I'll come home and, you know, I'll, I'll just ask how everything went today and, and there'll be like 12 different things that were on the list that took place. And this one had practice there and that one had to go to this appointment here and this one had to get picked up at that. And it's just, you know, I, I can't get involved in any of that sometimes, you know, sometimes when I, when I am around, I, I try to get involved in it, but, um, you know, she has it kind of running like a well-oiled machine. So, it's almost like sometimes I get in the way, you know, when I, when I'm home, but, um, you know, it, it's the support system. It's the strength. It's, um, you know, it's the leadership. I mean, you know, like you said, you know, she is a strong woman, independent woman. And, um, 
you know, I think it, it takes someone like that to be able to sustain this. When I came home Saturday night, I was not in a good place. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it uh, you know, it, it's, it's one thing to be understanding and, and uh, accepting of that, but it's another thing to kind of, you know, challenge someone and say, hey, snap out of it. We need you here now, you know. So I think, uh, you know, it's a delicate balance, but we do our best to manage it. And, um, you know, I'm appreciative every day for him. And I will I will say this about Jamie because I think it's awesome. You know, when, when you go out and you have, like you said, some people don't understand, you know, the life of a coach's wife and whatnot. When you have kids and you go out to eat, and, and, and obviously, you know, when, when you go out and you're doing stuff and whatnot, there, there was a really nice lady yesterday who smiled and said hello. And your little guy, Marco, said hello to him. But her husband had given, uh, you know, he, he picked up a toy and gave a dirty look and looked over. And nobody bothered his day and nobody bothered his meal. But he looked and I saw him and Jamie saw him and Jamie looked at me and I was like, I was like, Jamie, you want to go fight him in the parking lot right now? Like, <laughs> but, you know, you get that feeling of, you, you know what I mean? There's there's something to be said about the strength of of a of a family, and you know, in 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 the respect of that, and and I do I, I feel like it doesn't get mentioned enough just how much you have to you know bend but but not break and and play off of each other. And you know, I've seen uh, many different pieces of what it's like to to be in a relationship, and and some of them work and some of them don't. So you know, for you having to move and, and being in different places and in different jobs and whatnot, just what you could say about the, the ability to, uh, to be able to do that with somebody and to find somebody that, that allows you that opportunity to kind of feed off of one another and, and find a way because it's, it's not an easy life to have kids. It's not an easy life to, to be a coach and not necessarily know where you're going to be. It's not easy, an easy life to work from home as much as people want to think that it is. So you you all get to make it work somehow, some way, just to speak on that a little bit more and the importance of, of being a strong family and having something to go home to, whether you win or lose that day. Well, it's never been easy, and, and certainly not without struggle or, or challenges. I mean, uh, the children are awesome, and, and we love them with everything, but... Um, you know, they present challenges to us sometimes. I mean, uh, you know, we, you asked the question yesterday, um, you know, how often do you guys go out to eat yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a family? And, and what did I tell you? I said, well, pretty much once Angelina, who's now 10 years old, once she was out of a car seat, uh, we stopped doing that as much because it's really hard. And like you said, the people around you don't always understand your circumstance. Uh, and you don't want to be offensive to people and, and the kids get loud and they scream and they cry and, you know, there's the philosophy that, well, tough, they have to get it, they have to deal with it because that's life, you know, but, you know, there's also the courtesy factor, people have tables reserved and they have a certain experience they're expecting and, and we come in with this loud, boisterous family that interrupts that in some way. But you're Italian, you're going to have that no yeah, matter what, Enrique. Yeah, I mean, we're not, not going to apologize for it, it's just, yeah. it's just that, you know, you, you try to be understanding of the others too and, um, you know, but definitely the moving and, and the, the the job itself, the career, the lifestyle, it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge for a uh, husband and wife relationship. It's a challenge for parents, you know, with children relationship. Um, you know, for me as a dad, I mean, I there are things that I want to be at with my kids that I can't be at. And, and you know, I express that to them, and they I, I hope they understand. I, I think they do. 
you know, at times when I ask them, do you want daddy to do something different so I could be around more? And, and the answer is always, no, you're a coach. That's what you do. You know, so it's, uh, it's a delicate balance. We try our best to make it work. And, and I think, uh, you know, without having strong personalities or, or a strong bond between a husband and wife, then it probably doesn't work so well. That coming from Enrico Mastriani here with us, Marywood Pacers men's basketball head coach this morning. And, and, and Enrico, as you step forward, like you said, you got a game going on today. You know, you got a quick turnaround. You played on Saturday. Now you got to play on Monday, and you got to get this, you know, rolling in the in the right direction. The team is is five and nine on the season. You've played two games in the Atlantic East. And inside of your conference, you know, have that record of 0-2 right now. So searching for that first victory in conference and, and obviously searching for some footing here. You have Kings, which is today. This is an out-of-conference game before you head back into it at Wesley College and then Cabrini and so on and so forth. What are your What's your thoughts right now? On, on the team's bounce back. I know we talked about some things that you're looking for and hoping for, but you had you had won three out of four, and now we're on a three-game losing streak. What have you said to the team about not letting a, a loss beat you twice and not letting the streak go any farther? It's not a conference game, but every single game is important. Every single game has value. What's the message to the team as you step forward? Uh, that's exactly it. You know, I said to them in the locker room on Saturday, we get to decide how many times Gwyn and, Gwyn and Mercy beats us now. You know, did they beat us today and they're going to beat us again Monday? Or are we going to not let ourselves get beat, you know, and uh, play against Kings and not against Gwyn? And I think that's the most important thing is, you know, the, the losses hurt and they hurt and last a lot longer for coaches and you know, the players hopefully have a short-term memory and they get back out there and they have to execute a game plan and, you know, remember their scout and, and really focus in on what we're trying to do as a team, as a group. For the coaches, you know, we look at things in a little bit more long-term and we say, all right, you know, we could live with, uh, you know, maybe one of those losses of the two in the conference, but two of them puts us in a, in a tough spot. But the message we gave to the team is, you know what? The good thing is we have ten left, ten conference games left, and uh, we can bounce out of this. You know, any anybody can win on any given night, and as long as we're focused and ready to win that night, that's all that matters. The past is the past; we can't do anything to change it now, uh, but we can prepare better for the future. And, and I hope you know that message resonates, and, and they'll be ready to go tonight. I think they will. We had a good practice yesterday, a good film session. Um, you know, I think we're I think we're focused and locked in. But Kings is a good team, and you know, playing at their place is going to be hard. Their semester starts again today, so I'm sure their fans are going to be there. It's going to be uh, a loud and uh, raucous crowd, and and it's a you know Lackawanna versus Luzerne County matchup. So it, there's a little bit of a community feel to it, a little bit of a local uh, bragging rights feel to it. So I just hope uh, we're. I know we're not rested, but I hope we have enough left in the tank to go into this one with a strong purpose tonight. And, you know, you you haven't had Zach, Zach Tinkum for a little bit here. And just, you know, what his leadership, you know, not having one of the captains out there, what that's done for you, what is he doing on the sideline, and, you know, just maybe what the thoughts are moving forward here as, you know, in a game like that against Gwen and Mercy, I would imagine that if, if you needed a boost, if you needed a spark, that, you know, Zach Tinkum could have been one of those pieces for you. So just what it's been not having him and, and what he's – what he's tried to do on the sideline for you and, and maybe when we're hoping to get him back. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he definitely is, is the, the strongest 
presence on the floor when he's on it. I mean, not having that presence on the floor, especially on the defensive end, is uh, is a lo- little bit of a liability for us. I mean, we, we miss that for sure. And, you know, he plays with a toughness and an attitude. I mean, the, the kid's file folder of injuries is longer than, you know, my credit report probably. I mean, he's had he's had so many injuries throughout his career. I, I you know, it's almost infathomable. Um, but you know, he perseveres and he's relentless and he's a competitor. Uh, he he plays with a toughness and a tenacity that is unrivaled at times. And like, you know, now on the sidelines, he wants to be a coach. I mean, that's his future. He's going to be a coach, and so he's he's taken on that role during practice. He's gotten the guys a little bit on the sidelines uh, during games. Um, you know, it's hard. It's hard as a player to flip that script and put on a different hat and be the coach when you really want to be out there on the floor. Um, and I think he's handled it as well as he could. But, yeah, we certainly we would love to have him back sooner than later for sure. That coming from Enrico Mastriani of Marywood University men's basketball. And, Enrico, before I let you go here on the broadcast, you know, I, I know that – you know, you're coaching Marywood and, and you're a Cleveland Browns fan. The Cleveland Browns have continuously been, you know, just, you know, I, I think that they, they like to push the term of, of you know, what what needs to happen, maybe what should happen. I, I don't really understand what's going on. And, and the reality of it all is we stand here today and the Cleveland Browns looking at Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski, uh, 14 of his professional coaching seasons have been in Minnesota, and we're looking at him to be the 18th head coach of the Cleveland Browns. How much do you know about Kevin Kevin Stefanski and what's going on here and whatnot? I mean, do you feel good about it? Do you know who the heck he is? Does it make you feel better than than the Giants hiring the water boy from the Patriots? Uh, what's your take on all this? Um, it definitely feels better than the Giants hire for sure. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I, I don't know a whole lot, Dan. I, I know what I've heard and, and what I listen to. And I think you know I, I tune in to Cleveland Sports Radio. I listen to that a lot, uh, especially during football season, trying to hear what the Browns are doing. And and this, uh, you know, this hire was a little bit puzzling, I think, for, for most fans. But it was a guy that they really liked a lot last year and they wanted to hire last year. I think the big, the big argument here is analytics – one over uh, traditional football, you know, um, common sense, I guess. And um, and I don't know. I don't know whether or not it's going to work out. I guess most of the teams in the league utilize analytics in a way that uh, is more impactful than it was years ago. But I don't know to what extent the Browns expect to do that, and, and it, it does scare me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be – I mean, what is your best piece of it, though? And – I mean, is it Odell Beckham Jr.? Is it Jarvis Landry? Is it Nick Chubb? Kareem Hunt? Baker Mayfield? Miles Garrett? You know, what's what? What's your best feeling of Cleveland moving forward? Do you have a favorite a favorite player? Do you have something about it that that keeps you locked in and interested even through all of the ups and downs? Or has it been hard for you to watch it? Uh, it's been hard, no doubt. It's been hard. I mean, I think we had a lot of hope coming into this season, and and it got shut out, you know, pretty quickly. And um, you know, we all had expectations after Baker Mayfield set the touchdown record for rookies in his in his first season, which wasn't even a full season on the field. And 
you know, we were feeling pretty good about that. The Odell Beckham trade came in, and that was exciting. Wow, they're going to light it up. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, you know, the the one variable, the question mark, was always the head coach. Um, he was a guy that uh, I thought was a good guy. We, we thought he could bring some hope and light a spark, but ended up kind of being in over his head in this situation where he hadn't had much experience there in that role. And, and uh, you know, this, this coordinator now, Kevin Stefanski, that's hired is the same same thing, a guy that doesn't have any head coaching experience. And I think, if anything, as a fan, I was hoping for was that they would hire somebody that did have that. So Mike McCarthy and Josh McDaniels, Ron Rivera, those were the guys I was kind of hoping for. But, um, you know, from what I've read and heard about Kevin Stefanski, I think his offense is similar to that of, uh, you know, the Broncos and the Elway days and the Shanahan days. And uh, so it's a run-blocking scheme. And I think guys like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt will will do really well with that. And, and I'm excited to see that. I thought Nick Chubb should have been, uh, you know, the leading rusher, you know, NFL leading rusher this year, but missed it by a few yards at the end of the last game. And I think this year coming up, hopefully that's the goal. That coming from Enrico Mastriani, Marywood men's basketball head coach. Enrico, we're going to do it quick. It's game day, so we're going to make it happen here fast. We're going to do a few in rapid fire. You tell me that you're never prepared, even though you know it's always coming. Did you prepare it all today? I did not. You know, the last couple of times we've talked, I, I haven't had to do it. So I thought, well, maybe it went it went away. I don't have to worry about this anymore. Oh no, you got to worry about it. So it's uh, it's back here right now. We're gonna we're gonna do a few of these, but these these are gonna be fun, and I'm gonna tailor these toward uh, very Enrico things. So I'm gonna do do my best here to make this a very Enrico moment. So Enrico Mastriani, head coach of the Marywood Pacers men's basketball team Enrico I would love to know what is the best Star Wars movie of the nine episodes that are in the timeline what are the what is the best Star Wars movie of all time I know you're a big Star Wars fan and why well I had always said that Return of the Jedi was my favorite I don't necessarily think that that's the best one I okay. think Empire Strikes Back was the best one and I think it was the best one because there was a lot of conflict um you know, you had these heroes that, that came into a moment where they were flying high and feeling good about themselves and all of a sudden found themselves on the run and, and in, in turmoil. And, um, you know, you weren't really sure what was going to come of it. It kind of left you hanging on the edge of your seat. You had a lot of questions. You had a lot of, you know, concern about characters. And, and I think it kept you wanting more, which then obviously Return of the Jedi came in and, and I think uh, hit a home run there at the end. But it definitely, uh, Empire Strikes Back to me was the best of all of them. All right, fair enough, Empire Strikes Back. All right, what's your first one for me? Um, wow, okay. Uh, let's stay on the Star Wars theme. Okay. Um, favorite non-main character in uh, in all of the nine episodes. So, like, you know, not your popular characters. Who's your kind of off-the-beat that person? Uh off the beaten path person that I liked. I, it's funny in the Mandalorian. I have, I definitely have one that's played by Nick Nolte. I, he's, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's my favorite one in that, but uh, I would say, cause I love that. Cause I want, I want to walk away from every conversation and go, I have spoken. 
Like that's that's what I want. That's my that should be my tagline. So I, I would say, um, fa- you know, I can't say BB-8's off the beaten path because you know. Uh, he is extremely popular and i've benefited from that because i love bb-8 and disney has made many a thing for bb-8 so do they save me money no but do they give me stuff i want yes so my favorite off the beaten path character oh let me see let me see let me see let me see this is tough i i guess i mean he's not off the beaten path but I, I guess in the sense of the fact that he really wasn't utilized a lot and we saw him in one episode, which really wasn't anybody's favorite episode in The Phantom Menace, was Darth Maul. You know, I, I think Darth Maul, to me, he was my favorite villain. And I've started to like Kylo Ren a little bit more. I, I used to say that he doesn't have daddy issues, he has granddaddy issues. But but I do like I do like Darth Maul, and I guess I could say he's off the beaten path because he's eight. He he's not your typical villain that people think about. So I'd give him some credit there. I agree. He's not. Um, you know, he didn't last longer than one movie, so I would say that's off the beaten path for sure. Who is the greatest villain of Star Wars history? Um, I mean, I had I would have said Darth Vader. Right. Uh, but now that the rise of Skywalker, and I hate to have a spoiler here for anyone that didn't see it yet, but um, now that Palpatine is back, uh, I would have to say it's him. I mean, he lasted all nine episodes, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's that's the evil empire right there in a nutshell. That that big bad man who uh, somehow defied death in the Return of the Jedi and uh, made it back through uh, the rise of Skywalker. I, I would say he's He's the worst villain ever. All right, Palpatine. What's your next one for me? Um, gosh, Dan. You know, I, I really wish I had planned for this. You should have gave me a heads up. I'm sorry. I, I didn't uh, I didn't think through this one. Um, favorite ride at Disney. Let's go there. I favorite. Yeah, no, absolutely. Favorite ride at Disney. I would have to say... Hmm. My favorite ride at Disney, Expedition Everest. Definitely Expedition Everest. You you go through the you go through the mountain. You get chased by the Yeti. He pulls up the track. You go forward. You go backward. You drop. I went on I think four times in a row. The last time I went, it's three or four times in a row. I'm trying to set world records with how many times I've been on Everest. But I saw them build it. And I've just been a part of it, and I, I've really just loved it all the way through. But all the new Star Wars stuff is a lot of fun, and you know I, I'm a big fan of of also uh, Avatar: Flight of Passage. So there's 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 a lot to be said about all those, but I probably have to say Everest is my all time. I didn't get to do the Avatar ride when we were there, but uh, the Everest one was was really cool. I liked that a lot. Yeah. So what I'm going to do now, since you were unprepared, how dare you, Enrico, is I'm just I'm just going to streamline rapid fire for the last couple minutes here. So, Jamie, if you're if you're watching and you're listening, I'm about to keep your husband on the hot seat and I'm about to grill him like an FBI agent. So let's have some fun. Here we go, Enrico. So we're just I'm just going to, you know, because you were unprepared, you've done this to yourself. Enrico Mastriani here with us. Uh, from Marywood University men's basketball, the head coach of the team in his fifth season. Here we go, Enrico. This is going to be like quick buzzer time. So my first one for you is, what is the greatest, greatest thing about your wife, Jamie? If you had to pick one thing, what's the best? Her smile. Her smile. All right, perfect. 
I would, what are, okay, so you have two daughters and you got your little boy. Let's start with your daughters. Shout them out first and foremost. Tell me the, the greatest thing about each of your daughters and then the greatest thing about Marco, in your opinion, the thing that comes out to you first. Angelina is 10 and she's an incredible artist. Um, Elena is nine and she has a heart of gold. Um, Marco is almost three and he is um, just a perfect blend of all of us. Is Marco the epitome of what you were as a child or is he worse? <laughs> you have to ask my mom about that. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think uh, he, from what I've been told, he is a lot like I was when I was a child, although I I have to believe because it, it gets really tiresome for me. I have to believe I was not so active. I have to believe that. Okay. What is the, what, if I asked your wife, Jamie, right now, what your best trait is, what would she say? Oh gosh, I don't even know. She might not tell you anything. <laughs> um, uh, I think she would say that, uh, I am, Comforting. Comforting. Okay. What would Jamie, how would Jamie describe you coming home after a loss? Because <laughs> I thought it was really funny what she said yesterday. That's why I'm asking. Uh, she's God. okay. She said she would call you a strong leader. She just wrote in. Oh, wow. She's listening. Oh, boy. She literally okay. said, I say, she said, still here, do it. 10 second turnaround. So she's all about me putting you on the hot seat. But she awesome. said, she would refer to you as a strong leader, and now she knows what I just asked you, so I'm sure she'll write it in here. But how would she? How would Jamie describe you coming home after a loss? Uh, difficult. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure she would use something more strong than that, but I'm going to say difficult. Okay, you're going to say difficult. What is the best thing about being Italian? Food food i agree with that jamie said don't go there dan dot 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 after a loss is what she said what is the best meal that jamie cooks um wow there are a lot of them um she hasn't made it for me in a long time okay so i'm gonna call her out on it um, <laughs> okay but it and i don't even remember the name of it uh, but it's from her Julia Child cookbook. It's uh, with filet mignon, and uh, it's like a, a soupy, almost uh, gravy type of steak. Okay. Best thing about being a dad? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, watching the kids grow, you know, watching them grow, watching them achieve things and, and uh, have success. Hardest thing about being a dad? Trying to keep them safe in this uh, world that's quickly turning crazy and dangerous and, you know, not knowing how to protect them in this age of social media and technology. If you could turn into Chewbacca, a Porg, or an Ewok, what would you turn into and why? <laughs> Chewbacca, <laughs> for sure. Okay, for why? Sure. I want to I wanna do the... 
<laughs> you know, I give that to Chewbacca at, at Disney. I got yelled at for it. They uh, they told me, no, 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 you don't growl at Chewbacca. <laughs> nice. I, uh, no, I, I just think he's awesome. I mean, he's you know he's been a mainstay and, and he's uh, everybody's best friend. And when he gets mad about something, he lets you know about it. He can rip your arms off. And you know, when he's your best friend and he needs you need a hug, he's a good hugger too. Where's the best restaurant in Scranton? Wow, that's putting me on the spot. Come I on. don't care. <laughs> I'm so many cousins in the business. Are you kidding me? All right. Well, you know what? They're going to yell at you, and they're still going to let you eat their food. You don't want to know. Well, you choose one. I mean, that's not fair. You want to know how upset I am that I'm sitting with you for breakfast yesterday, and, oh, I got all this family, got all these restaurants. You never brought me to a single one of them up to this point. I've gotten here to eat with me. Talking about. I, I, you know what I mean? I gotta, I gotta start going to these places. Okay, so how about this? Can we shout out the restaurants that are owned by the family? Let's shout them all out. Okay. All right. Um, by the way, Jamie said Chewbacca as well for you. <laughs> um, I don't even. I feel bad. Like I might forget somebody if I shout out the restaurants. Um, Vincenzo's Pizzeria in West Grand and also in. Um, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Waverly. Sorry, um, we have Luigi's Pizza in Oliphant, Antonio's Pizza in Scranton, Mira's Pizza in Scranton. We have uh, Mendocino's Pizza in, in uh, Moscow. Um, gosh, I, I think I'm definitely forgetting some. Piero's is in Hamlin. Uh, not exactly close, but you know, close enough. Yeah. There's just, just quite a few, Dan. Yeah, I mean. Uh, if you would ask me what your favorite, like, certain type of restaurant is. Okay, what's your what's your favorite Italian? type of steakhouse? Favorite steakhouse. Okay. Um, oh, before I get off the Italian ones, let me mention Two Brothers Pizza in Dunmore, who is one of our sponsors, and they do a really good job there with their uh, pizza and boneless bites. So, okay. That being said. Awesome. Steakhouse. Favorite steakhouse. Favorite steakhouse. Um, you know, we don't have a ton of options. I've got to be honest. I, I always, I, I revert to the chains here, and uh, Outback is probably my favorite. But okay. you know, we have a, we have a Longhorn up here our way, which is pretty good. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Enrico, I, I put you through a massive hot seat. I'm going to give you one more, and let's make this fun. So I'm going to I'm going to give you one more, Mr. Enrico Mastriani. And I'm putting you on the spot with this one, and I don't know what the hell you're going to say. I'd like to hope that we're friends. How would you describe me if you met somebody today and they said, hey, tell me about Dan Tortora, what would you say? So because I put you on the hot seat and ran you through the ringer, I'm now putting my name on the hot seat as a way to say thank you. So go ahead. I'm shaking in my boots over here. What would you say? (laughs) Uh, One word or can I make a description? You can describe it if you want to. Uh, how would I describe Dan Tortori? Dan is smart, funny, uh, you know, insightful, heartfelt, and ambitious. And uh, he's he's a dear friend and a guy who I know is going to be in my corner for me and supporting me uh, for all the ups and downs. And, and you can't ask for anything more than that from a friend. Well, congratulations. You get to stay on the broadcast. Oh, great. Yay. Does that mean I, I don't have to have any more rapid questions or rapid fire? Did you, 
Did I alleviate that yet or no? No, I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get in touch with Jamie. I'm gonna have her make me a list for next time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I just listen. I just want to know, but that coming from Enrico Mastriani. First, I mean, listen. Thank you for all the stuff that you said. Thank you for all the kindness and your kind words. The feeling is mutual. You're a tremendous person. For and I'm going to tell everybody that's listening and watching right now. For whatever nice stuff Enrico says about me, take that times ten. That's him on his side. So he's 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 a you know. I, I always say I try to surround myself with the best of the best. I try to be a good person, but I have I have some great people around me. So. I'm going to let you go. I know you got to prepare. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. You're off the hot seat, but thank you for all that you do. And thank you for a tremendous weekend. Thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for helping me find a diner that's got a good steak and cheese omelet. And, uh, and we definitely had some fun. So I do appreciate it. Yeah, it was great spending time with you. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again soon. And definitely appreciate all the support. And Jamie put, Three emojis laughing like crazy. She cannot wait to make me that list. So, <laughs> all right, yeah, Enrico. Right, Listen, have a good day. Good luck with your game. Thinking about this in the back of your mind. <laughs> no, and I'll do. I'll do respect. You'll do tremendous tonight. Go get that win. Get on the better side of things. I know that this season's got a lot more to be had, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, my friend.